Welcome to The Magic Spark. I'm your host and personal wellness witch, Tandy Gutierrez. This podcast is for the open-hearted magic makers seeking to cultivate consistent self-evolution, or as I like to call it, self-revolution. It aims to be a home base for continually stumbling upon things that ignite the healing spark in you, be that practical or magical. Now, let's see what that spark is for you in today's episode. Hello, my magic makers. You're listening to episode eight. This episode welcomes a heart-centric healer willing to explore and answer our four questions in 40 minutes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. The basics of this format is to have our guests answer four questions in 40 minutes about themselves, the wound they are currently healing through, the wound they identify with as the wound of their lifetime, and what is coming up in their personal communities and how they're holding space to support that. This format invites my guests to be highly vulnerable and therefore incredibly brave. It aims to offer a space to safely go off script and offer a magic spark, not only to you, dear listener, but very often to themselves as well. By sharing our stories of trauma, wounds, or shadows, whatever language resonates with you, we begin to diffuse, normalize, and heal said shadows. As Dr. Brene Brown says, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three things to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. The magic spark is one of those Petri dishes because couldn't we use as many dishes to dispel and diffuse as much shame as possible? Healing our shadows requires bringing them into the light. Shadow work, which is just a fancy name for healing, requires that we do the brave and uncomfortable thing, which is talk about all the things we are often too scared to speak of. As humans, we have this major misconception that speaking about things adds power to them. We feel like it expands and balloons the shame, dread, fear, or pain, when in reality, it's the exact opposite. By speaking our stories, saying the words, sharing our fears, our experiences, and yes, sharing our shame, it actually diffuses it. Brene Brown has the literal research data to prove it. We are constantly in need of reminding ourselves that feelings are valid and incredible data points, but they are not always facts. My Pisces moon seriously is pained to even say that, but my Pisces moon aspects of myself has also grown more in this lifetime by leaning into that. Every episode, I say that healers, practitioners, teachers, coaches, mentors, we don't really know any more than anyone else. We're just up ahead on the path with a flashlight and maybe a little more experience, shouting back tips, tactics, warnings of fallen trees, loose cobblestones, or hey, even the optimal photo op moments. Our guest today is clearly a healer, teacher, and mentor up ahead on the path, shining his light. He's been leading souls through the brambles of healing for years. Please welcome our guest, author of Raising LGBTQ Allies, speaker and coach. He's even got a TED Talk, y'all. Please welcome Chris Tompkins. Chris Tompkins, welcome to the Magic Spark. Wow. Wow. Thank you for having me, Tandy. And I got emotional just hearing you listen to your, to your, that intro is so beautiful. So thank you. I'm honored to be here. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, 
I just need to begin. I said before we started recording, like how much of a fan <laughs> I am of yours, but more so than that, I want to begin by saying that, you know, how much I loved and appreciate your book. Um, I want it to be required readings for like all humans mm. and specifically because the only humans I really tend to write are my unicorn wellness studio members. Yeah. But I really, when I cracked the book open, I was in such like soul connection to your list of references of the quotes that you use as a basis of your work. And just the three, like the major shout outs, Louise Hay, she is my personal hero. Um, yeah, I mean, she's just, she ignited all of the work that I do. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Brene Brown, you just can't yeah. do healing yeah. work. I think at this stage without her influence mm. and, um, the third was Resma Menachem. And mm. I just like my grandmother's hands is such a powerful book. And I just thought, whoa, I had this moment energetically because I'd heard your interview on Lauren Lobley's podcast, the mom feed podcast. She's my friend. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I loved it. But then when I read the book, Mm. it was a whole nother level of experience because I thought, okay, we're doing very different things in the world, but actually the foundations are exactly the same. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that combo is rare. And I just thought it was so beautiful. Like these are three very important people to me on Mm. my path and teaching. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to reach out because (laughs) I think you would be a really wonderful fit. Yeah. 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 And I'm glad, I'm so glad you did. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and for the work that you're doing. And it is, it's, it's on the surface, it may look different in different forms, but underneath it's really ultimately the same. It Uh, truly, truly is. And I don't, because I I want to get to the questions, but there were these three little bits of like the mention of benign neglect in Mm. your book, right? That's just so huge for any kind of healing. Like in some ways I feel like your book is like how to heal anything, right? Don't ignore it. Right, right. (laughs) Right. Awareness. Yeah. Talk about it. Right. Keep doing those things on repeat, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you saying that because that's really my hope with the book. Yes. Kind of similar to what you, we just said about our work is that yes, on the surface, it's about raising LGBTQ allies. It's about a specific subject and topic really underneath cross out LGBTQ. And it's really about, you know, helping families have conversations, helping people in their own lives have conversations with themselves. Um, And that's intentionally why I broke it up into the three sections, you know, the awareness, the willingness, and and then ultimately the change. So whatever that looks like for, for you, I feel like the LGBTQ, just because that we'll get into as far as the questions, but that's just really my 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 safe like my sacred healing space um that's really the doorway through being able to have healing conversations in general about various subjects that are that are complex beautiful yes all of that (laughs) (laughs) and on that note shall we begin begin officially sure sure officially all right so question number one who are you what is your magic in the world? Yeah, yeah, that I, I have to say, I love your questions. And so I was so excited and they're challenging. They're not easy to answer. Um, so I appreciate even the opportunity to be invited to explore and, and you know, who am I? That's, that's such a big question. But as far as my magic, I, I feel like out of anything that I do, cause I'm, you know, I can give like a bio, like author, you know, whatever. I really do at my core feel like I'm a teacher. Um, and I, and I, and I mean that in the sense of, um, for your listeners, maybe you're familiar with the course of miracles, but you know, course of miracles says that we teach through our demonstration. And I feel like at my core, I I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating the healing and the work that I've done in a way that I feel like 
can serve others in their path. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, that looks like, you know, teaching, whether it's, you know, young people doing social emotional learning or I, that I feel like is, is what I, my magic is. Absolutely. Yeah. The, one of the pieces that I think is so important, why I, this format is, you know, on the magic spark and I want it Uh, to have this, this place in this platform is that we don't realize how much of a teacher we are in our day-to-day lives and and things have become so memeable, right? Like, and, and so like sound bitey that we miss that just by showing up as a good human trying in the world is powerful teaching even if you don't carry that specific moniker of teacher mentor coach right yeah 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 yeah. and I appreciate you clarifying that too because you know even when I say teacher I don't even mean spiritual teacher I (laughs) I I, I literally mean you know someone when, when I'm at the store and I observe someone in the way that they're being with another person that is a teacher and I'm learning something from them so for me when I say teacher I mean someone who is demonstrating my life and and be willing to learn from others in the same way because they're teachers for me well and so yes such a, a clear connection to your book that again we just we can't have this conversation without referencing it because it's just such a a, a big piece right it's like how to raise lgbtq allies and so how to parent with what feels like and as a parent right and as a bi female like the layer cakes of things in a pandemic in the world we're in right now it feels like a lot you know it feels like parenting and teaching is a lot right now and so the power of just showing up in reverence of trying to be a good human, because this is not about perfection and it's not about right and wrong. It's actually yeah. about stumbling and getting really yes. messy Absolutely. in the conversations. 100%. Yeah. 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 So I just feel like being a teacher and you identifying as a teacher is just so important and powerful. I do feel like it's all hands on deck in all the ways we can in the simple ways that don't feel complicated, that don't feel loaded is just utterly powerful and important. I'm so grateful for you. And I just love that that's in magical mentoring and the work that I do, we go through this process of creating a soul business card, Mm. you know, like, like choosing three titles of, yeah, yeah. And like some people it's one and some people it's three and at different points in our life, it changes, but you also have those core ones. And so that's just immediately what flashed into my head of like, that's your soul business card. You know, you're a teacher in every moment. Yeah. Yeah. I I do. I really genuinely feel that Um, even with writing, you know, what the process of writing a book for me, I never even considered myself a writer. It was more of, I had something that I wanted to share that felt like teaching from a perspective of demonstration. And so really at the, at the core, that's what I, I feel is my magic, my magic business card. It <laughs> is. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is because your writing is so fluid. And I talk about this with my kids. So my kids at this point are, are 15 and almost 11, but the writing process and, um, I do sometimes identify as a writer, but I I enjoy Mm. that, but it's like also very challenging. Sure. But the one, I think piece of information about, or like advice is that just write as you would speak, right? Like if you're going to talk, you do this. So, I mean, it seems effortless. I'm sure it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm Thank you. So that's like a huge compliment because I really, that's every time I write something, that's what I tell myself is like, how would I say this to someone? Like, how would I, you know, cause I could get all, you know, you can be like very formal and like, this is uh, you know, but sometimes I'll just like, no, I like I'll erase that entire, you know, and I just want to say this, like, how can I just say this? And I think of someone specifically that I want to say it to. And that right. for me is, yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. 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 It's very clear to me. I mean, again, all of these pieces of like, it's just effortless, it's earnest. And Mm. it's, again, just trying to help without Mm. these layers of 
personification or yeah. branding or yeah. like, I don't know. It's beautiful. I just, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think that that's, that's huge. Thank you. All right. Let's move to question two, if you're ready. Yeah. What is the current wound, shadow, mm. trauma? Because language, everyone identifies with it a little differently mm -hmm. that you're currently healing through knowing that life is ever evolving. There's always yeah. something we're working yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is yeah. that for you? In this moment now yes yes thank you i i really do believe that you know uh for those listeners out there like if they're part of 12-step programs like a god shot and even your invitation for me to be having this conversation with you today was a god shot for me because you know i well when that question is which one i feel like there are many <laughs> shadows <laughs> that, you know like which one do i pick for this conversation today um but, you know, I, I got to say, you know, I almost didn't didn't come today because I do have something going on in my life right now that is such a trauma and such a, a wound that feels almost, you know, I just learned about it last night. And, you know, I'll just share for the sake of, you know, I, whatever is mentionable is manageable. And and that has to do with my core wound is that, you know, my, I have a deep relationship with, with a higher power, you know, with God, the universe, I'm very spiritual. And, um, that, that is connected to my wound because I grew up, you know, in a religious household with, with a family that believed deeply, um, and I'm gay. And so that for me, the messages that I got at a very young age had to do with the fact that God didn't love me, or if God was going to love me, I had to change who I was. And so that core wound was connected to my desire to redevelop a relationship with a higher power, which was a life still in process. Um, but for sure, you know, decades of, of getting to a place where I'm at today of being able to sit here and, and have conversations about spirituality and Louise Hay, even, you know, being able to resonate with her work was because of the healing that I had done to get to a place to be able to receive that. Um, but right now where I'm sitting, you know, my, my wound is really about faith, you know, having faith and mm -hmm. life in general, um, where I live right now, I was, I was subletting my, my room, um, this summer and the person who was supposed to move into my apartment, I was so excited. We, he was moving from Las Vegas. We were really excited and it was, you know, he, he's wanted to be an actor. And so he was coming out to Los Angeles to pursue a dream since he was 12. And last night, literally, I got a call from a message from his father that he was in a motorcycle accident on Tuesday and he, he's alive, but he was um, in, in, he's in the trauma ICU mm. unit and he lost a leg. And, you know, so that, that so his life is forever, the trajectory of his life is forever changed. And I felt so much grief last night, not, not just for the fact that, you know, he's not going to be here. Um, you know, I had his keys set out on the counter. I, I was so excited. We, like I had his space set up and, and it was just this really joyous. We talked, we were, you know, both so excited for this new chapter. Even his dad's mentioned on the phone, like he was so excited for his new chapter. And, and I'm sharing that with you as part of this question of, of, of wound is because for me, it brought up all of my core stuff around faith, around life, around when things are going well and something like this happens and what does it mean? And does that mean that I, 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 faith doesn't work for me anymore? And, and so for me, you know, last night I took a drive, I, I drove to the, the beach, the ocean, and, you know, I, I made a few calls and processed the grief that I'm still moving through. Um, and, and I just went for a long walk and I just really, you know, I prayed and I just really got clear with, with my higher power, who I call God and, and just surrendered and and just offered up like i don't know what this is for i don't know what i mean it doesn't make sense logically hmm. um but i do believe 
on a soul level that there's meaning here. And I can't quite get there on a human level, but for me, the work, and this is my wound that I'm currently working through, is to lean on the things that have carried me through some of the most difficult times of my life. Yeah. And this is like a, the layer, you know, the, the onions, you know, and this is another layer that I'm peeling away. And if I had faith 10 years ago, if I had faith 20 years ago, then I have faith now. And it may not seem like this catastrophic thing. I think for me, it was just more of, it was so unexpected. And, and we just spoke on the phone on Sunday and we were so excited. And then on Tuesday, I, I, even, I even had the thought last night, yesterday before I spoke to his father, um, like, oh, I haven't heard from him. I'm wondering, you know, cause we had talked about him leaving you know, to get on the road today at 6 a.m. Yeah. So that for me is, is the wound that I'm currently working through because I still believe in a higher power and, and in, in, in meaning, in meaning yeah. and of, 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 of really challenging situations. And this is the time for me to not turn away, but to turn toward. I really appreciate you sharing that because it's super raw and I am grateful that you feel safe enough in this space to share it. There's so many pieces that hit places for me in that. Um, Mm. One, we have a similarity of our upbringing um, in a, um, I was born and raised in the South in Oklahoma, very religious family. Sure. There, you know, many things that were just not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly for those who identify as female. And then if Mm. you don't fit in a box of Mm. being female. So I, you know, the questioning of does religion, does that work for me? And then how to find your own path, you know, to spirituality. And again, whatever language works for us is it's up to us to do, to decide that, right? The yeah, language of yeah. God, goddess, right. spirit, universe. Right. In my mind, it is all the same thing. It's the narrative that holds comfort and speaks to you and supports us and guides us. Sure, sure. sure. And so finding like, again, it's always evolving. Like you said, like, we're going to go on this adventure to see what works for us and to try to reconnect. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, important, yeah, but yeah. it's a little, it's a little arm's length sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, and just this, you know, life being so messy and yeah. unexpected and yeah. from, we've had something, you know, very highly traumatic had it happened to us as a family with the birth of my first son. And I, I think I've referenced it a couple of times in the podcast where I'm like, it'll be its own podcast because it will co-op everything. But it was definitely one of those moments of like, you know, that was a moment when I had to come to terms with, it's my podcast, so I'm going to curse. I hope you're okay with it. Like sometimes shit just fucking happens. Like, you know, again, trying to find a reason for it because I've always been someone who looks for the symbolism, the story and the reason. And sometimes things are so messy and ugly. You're like, what could possibly be the reason? Right. And even in those moments, just like you're sharing with us, yeah, yeah, we start to muddle our way through. Yeah. If yeah. I've had faith before, then I have to have faith now. Yeah. Or I have to really understand that I don't from here on forward. You know, there's a relationship piece. Right. For our household and for me, I always feel like, you know, when she hits the fan where everybody starts praying, because what else are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the shock of those traumas and of this experience, mm-hmm. you know, but then we're so accustomed to making lemonade also that yes. it's like, Yes. Like, don't, don't make lemonade. That's, I'm so grateful that again, that you showed up, right? We could have rescheduled. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, and I thought about that. I think though, that this is the purpose of this work though, is that I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not in the trauma where I, I wouldn't be of service. Yes. Cause if that, if that were the case, then I, I would have, um, I do, I do though feel that 
this is the purpose of the questions. This is the purpose of your podcast. This is the purpose of this conversation is this is the purpose of, you know, life is messy. Life happens on life's terms and some things, you know, it, it would be kind of, it would be, it would be counter to the intention of your work and this conversation. And, and really ultimately the message yeah. that I hope to offer too, is that, you know, if I showed up only when things were perfect and shiny, then that just gives a false sense of what healing is. Yeah. If I showed up in, in it where I could, you know, reactivate someone else's trauma because I was still processing the trauma, that wouldn't be of service. Um, but I do genuinely feel that this is something I'm currently moving through yeah. that has to do with faith and this particular situation manifested in this way, take away this situation and still this would be something that I'm moving through as far as faith and, 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 and really trusting in, in the, the, the direction of my life or the pacing of my life or the process of my life. And so this is just kind of a, of a, a physical manifestation of what that is. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I woke up this morning and, you know, I went into the, the room that, he, you know, he was gonna be living in and I, I got on my knees and I just said a prayer and, and I'm just, you know, praying for his speedy recovery. And, you know, it's interesting because I went to um, a meeting a few weeks ago and or last week and a woman who was speaking shared that whenever she goes into a situation she always says this is going to work out better than i could even imagine yes and and i even recently like posted something about that and 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 i believe that to be true and and so i'm i, I think it's really important for this conversation you know i talk about this a lot in my own life as far as spiritual bypass and i think that that is so harmful yeah, you know, to, to throw a pink paint on something or to throw like a catchy phrase, you know, this is going to work out better than I could ever imagine. Really, though, what that means for me is, wow, like I have an opportunity to show up in this person's life in another way, like not as roommates, but to support him from afar. Um, what What is that going to look like for him? Um, I have an opportunity to, you know, connect with and this will have to do with the next, you know, question or next answer, but I, I have an opportunity to connect with people in a way that I'm asking for help. I'm, I'm being vulnerable. I'm sharing. Um, so that for me is, is what, you know, on my human level, this is going to work out better than I could ever imagine may look like, Oh, I'm going to have the perfect roommate or I'm in the perfect, you know, living situation. Whereas underneath that, it's like, oh, wow, there's a much, much bigger thing that's going on that my human mind can't comprehend, but my soul does. Yes. Yeah. And I, yes, because I do think there is a very, it's, it's always this funny line of distinction right there's this weird balance of not spiritually bypassing not whitewashing not just running to make lemonade right because in my lifetime in my experience i feel like the list of traumas is like it's a lot you know and there were times in my life where even that concept would piss me off because there was so much healing to do still and yet i do also believe that and agree with that that it does we're we're just human we're in this human incarnation we don't get yeah. to know everything right because one what would the fun in that be and if there's no magical mystery tour then what's the point right there's got to be there has to be some unknown right right and man does humanness does not like the unknown we're so uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah. Like, ooh. I want to know. I want to know. But there's no growth in that. There's no growth in the known. Right, right. And so I love that. And I do prescribe to a version of that too. Because for me, you know, as a human and my healing and shadows, there was this used to, you know, being used to things going wrong. Right. Mm, and so, yeah. yeah. Um, 
this shift of what if everything goes right? You know, and again, not to like, everything's just going to go right all the time, Yeah. Yeah. but to offer up the balance of things. So again, like letting things unfold for their highest and greatest good is a phrase that I use all the time because that doesn't like human brain does these funny things with like best, you know, good, bad, worst, best. Right. Right. But our highest good, when we're speaking of faith and healing, we don't really know what that is. Right. And I have a feeling that I should just pause and we should just go into question, the next question because I sure, sure. have a feeling that yeah. it's going to roll into that in this way that I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the third question, what do you consider to be the wound the shadow, the trauma of your lifetime, one that you're continually healing through at a different level. The one that sometimes you feel like, Oh, I got that one handled. And then it comes back up and it goes, Oh no, 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 not so quick. Yeah. 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 Gosh, again, which one? Um, (laughs) but I think that, you know, for me, I guess the two big things that kind of stand out to me as far as like the wounds, of my life um, are connected to my sexuality and religion and also growing up in that I addiction is is really prevalent in my family and so being the child of a drug addict and alcoholic and having members of my family you know who have OD'd and substance use and and so for me how that manifests is feeling like I can't voice how I feel. Like my family, we don't talk about our feelings. Um, Feelings are scary. Emotions are like, let's not go towards the emotion. Um, You know, the story in my family, the narrative is bad things happen to us. Why does this happen to us? So I, I shared that, you know, previous example and question, the previous question, because it's connected to this question of, you know, my immediate response to what occurred was, was the desire to, why is this happening? Why did this happen? How, I need to talk about my feelings, but then do people want to hear my feelings? Am I going to be, you know, even calling my family? It was, you know, very, but that, that's not something my family does, yeah. um, you know, is to share emotions. And so I feel like in my life, being able to speak and feel like what I have to say is enough and not have to justify my feelings and explain them, I think constantly shows up because it ultimately has to do with, you know, my identity and not feeling worthy as a child or deserving and not feeling like who I was, was enough. And so trying to become something that I felt like would be considered enough. So at the core, that manifests in ways like, you know, this, this, this recent situation that occurred, that's horrible and scary and painful and, and feeling that I can share that and talk about that and feel like it's enough. And, and even if someone can't meet me in a way that I still, my feelings matter and I'm still valid and it's still, it's still um, relevant, like not relevant, but it's still acceptable for me to be able to share something. Um, And I think, you know, as far as, you know, my sexuality, I think that for me, a lot of, I work a lot with gay men specifically and LGBTQ members of LGBTQ community, families who are supporting their children. And I think that the notion of the wounded healer. Um, the reason that I'm able, like you said in the in the intro, you know, I'm just kind of a few steps further with, you know, a light, and I'm just offering the things that I've done in my own life to heal from the false belief that my sexuality was wrong or that God wasn't gonna love me or I was gonna go to hell. Um, because that was a real thing in 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 my childhood. Um yeah. And it's something that I, I work with my clients to, you know, now even of being able to offer them support and healing from the belief that who they are 
is not okay. And that's a lifelong that, you know, that can rear its ugly head in, in different ways. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work and it could, it could, it, it shows up. Yeah. Well, and again, I identify and understand in so many ways, because as an adoptee, you know, that, that wound of worthiness is just inherent. It's that cellular wound. And it's so in that cellular memory, yeah. even as many layers of work that you do, that it, it's a sneaky little bugger comes back up and you're like, why though? You know? Yeah. yeah. And so the, the work that I facilitate is a lot around core wounds. And then, you know, we have our experiences, but then like, you just, you did it, you know, you take like the big experiences and the labels or the titles that they have on them, but then you get down to actually what is the soul wound to it? What's the core wound, which is the wound of worthiness. Cause when you've been programmed that like, actually you're unlovable, you're unworthy, you're going to hell from very small ages and stages. That's a hell of a one to crawl over, right? It, it's just, it gets stuck in the body and in the vessel and in that programming. So I just, you are lovable. You are worthy. You are amazing, you know, and I want to talk about all your feelings. <laughs> I want yeah. all the feels, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, these places and spaces, you know, for it is, gosh, man, it's just never ending work. You know, it just yeah. keeps moving. And I love that you bring up the wounded healer because I, we have not discussed, like we haven't, we, this is our first time officially meeting. We had some email yeah. exchanges, yeah. Um, but we haven't discussed, you know, if you uh, prescribe to astrology or not, but I'm going to pull it in because I mention it often that sure, the, the Chiron is, is an outer asteroid, like in our astrological natal charts, but Chiron is the wounded healer. And mm -hmm. so it's one of these place markers in our charts that can give us a little lens of like, you know, what stamp did we get in? Like, what was our original factory setting in this lifetime, yeah, yeah. you know? And so you can look to where that placement is in your chart. And even if you don't know it again, this healer heal thyself. And when we move out into that topic of faith also, it's like, well, what is the point if all of these wounds and traumas and shadows have been experienced, what do I do with them? Mm -hmm. Well, Chiron, you know, gets wounded. He becomes immoral at the time of wounding. And he just goes, I'm just going to educate myself and try to heal it. Well, he never yeah. could because mm -hmm. that was his plight, but he then could heal literally almost anyone of anything. Yeah. So we become excellent teachers and space holders in the seeking of healing for ourselves, which goes back to your first question and first answer of being a teacher in all the ways, right? Yeah. The yeah. most powerful thing we can do is try to show up in the world as the people we needed in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just doing that Yeah. all over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And I love astrology. And so I love that you brought that in. And, and even your description of Chiron is it's, it's like the hero's journey. It's, it's that, and I even wrote, I write about that in the book because I love it so much is that it's the notion of how I transform is that I get to bring what I learn back to the village and share. And that's really what it, it, it is for me is, is that if I can take what I've learned along my own journey and along my own path that I'm still on. Yeah. And if I can take that back to the village, community, people, relationships and share, then I'm being of service. Yes. And, and I'm transmuting and I'm transforming that, that dark, heavy energy into something that's of benefit of, of service. I'm releasing it. I'm, I'm bringing it to the surface. I'm letting it out. I'm transmuting it. I'm transforming it. Absolutely. Spiritual alchemy, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I talk well, a lot about how empaths, right. I mean, this is getting a little into other things, but like as an empath, you feel everybody else's feelings. And so you can be overwhelmed and oftentimes not know what feelings are your own. Yeah. And, and so when you work as a healer, as a teacher, as a coach, as a mentor, 
sometimes that can come. I mean, we're typically empaths anyhow, you know, cause you can feel how other people feel. It's, it's like a deeper level than being empathetic, right. Yeah. To Brene Brown's stuff. But as an empath, it can be really exhausting. You can definitely feel these swings of depression to anxiety. And then you're like, what am I doing all of this for? Right. But we actually are here to be almost like our, well, energetic purifiers, right? right. Like we are, we're not meant to take on somebody else's work, but we are here sure. to help alchemize. And I think sure. like sometimes the piece is, is that we forget that as an, as an alchemizer, as a purifier, as a helper, right. As a transmuter, yeah. yeah. But sometimes the stuff gets stuck in us and like, we need to wring out our own rag yeah. <laughs> at yeah. times yeah. Yeah. to pass it along. And um, I just, you're just such a lead by example, model behavior. I just love you. And I'm, I'm mm. without being super weird, but I'm super <laughs> weird. Right. I'm so proud of you. And not because you need me to be proud because we all need to hear that more. The, those who are doing the work, who have had these levels of wounds and traumas that are a lot and continue yeah. all it's yeah. exhausting and tiring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, and I'm grateful. I, I, you know, thank you for, you know, offering such love and compassion and, and a support. And, you know, one of the things that, so I'm in, I'm in school um, right now. And so in the, in the class, one of the classes that we had recently, the professor was talking about how therapists, cause I'm uh, getting my clinical psychology, master's in clinical psychology. And that's a whole separate story, but basically like the book, I, I joke with people because I wrote myself in a graduate school, but <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, that said, we were talking in the class and the professor mentioned how, you know, because we were talking about suicidality and, and with clients and, and how specific diagnoses have larger rates of, of suicidality and also therapists themselves have higher rates of, of suicide. And so we had this whole discussion as to why that is, you know, he wanted to hear from us as to why we thought, you know, so everyone went around the room and kind of shared like why they felt, you know, therapists themselves, we're the ones who are supposed to help and Pete, you know, and, and I, and I, I offered, I shared that I think that it has to do with the, the, the notion of being the expert, you know, the, the idea that I have to be this, you know, perfect healed person, whether that's a coach, whether that's a therapist, whether that's, you know, and, and, and my, my belief that I can't be human and can't also be working on my own stuff. That's not to say I'm like, you know, a complete hot, a complete <laughs> hot mess. It, it's, it's that, it's that it's so important for me to be able to do my own work and have enough humility to recognize that I'm, I'm kind of also just another person that's moving through stuff as well. And I've done enough work in my own life that I'm able to offer something to you. And it's, it's that if I'm holding in this false belief that I have to be perfect, then I'm keeping that in. And that's where, you know, we talked about, like, that's where unfortunately therapists themselves, there are, there are higher rates of, of, of suicide completion. Um, just because of that, having to hold that. Yeah. That's, I did not know that statistic. It's an interesting one to learn for a lot of reasons right now, but yeah, holding everybody's wounds and traumas, it's a lot to hold. Yes. And which is, is, I mean, there are many reasons or there could, there are many factors. I mentioned just the piece about, I, cause I think that it's important in doing whatever healing related work that we have to have enough humility in our own lives to recognize like, Oh, I, I need support. Like I also need to be able to, yeah. to, to process and to talk about and let out my own stuff. Everybody needs a safe space in a safe yes. container. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And most yeah. of us have not had families that are that. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just excited that this master's is happening 
for you. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that excites yeah. me on so many levels. Yeah. Um, Thank you. This is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Very last question. Number four, what is currently coming up in your community right now? Um, and how are you holding space for it um, or supporting the community? Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I love this question um, because, you know, a lot of my clients specifically are, most of my clients are gay men. Um, I work, I have other LGBTQ clients, members of the community as well. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that, that we're, we're moving through our conversations around is just kind of the state of the the anti-LGBTQ legislation that's popping up around the country and the reactivation of certain feelings and emotions that we've come a long way and now all of a sudden we're kind of reverting back and what that means. And, you know, it's, I work with clients, you know, my caseload right now, I have clients as young as 20 and as old as 63 is my oldest client. And, you know, it's interesting because, and this is kind of goes to my book, speaks to my book is that, you know, one of the tenants of my book is that messages from the playground it's a parent's guide to changing the messages it's raising lgbtq allies and the sub subtitle is a parent's guide to changing the messages from the playground and messages from the playground for your listeners it's it's what i refer to it's a it's an analogy a metaphor to describe the subconscious beliefs that we all pick up from our childhood and the playground is an analogy for our mind our consciousness and the messages are the beliefs and so what's interesting to me is that with my clients, young as 20, as old as 63, there are these similar beliefs that they picked up from their childhoods about their identities, about their sexuality, about their gender expression. And so right now, all of the news and everything that's going on is, is kind of activating some of those feelings of self-worth, self-confidence. Self um, and that's, that's, I think, the kind of the biggest thing mm -hmm. is that kind of like what we talked about earlier on the surface, it looks like this underneath it all. It's just kind of activating some of the, these deeper wounds, these deeper core traumas. Yeah. And so how I'm helping to hold space and to facilitate their healing is, is by being a, a, the, pre the presence of having done my own work and being willing to continue to do my own work and being willing to continue to explore my own blind spots um and and that and and to support them in 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 their own shedding of the layers he, he, healing healing from healing you know but we we can't heal what we don't reveal absolutely absolutely i mean there's so many good little nuggets of healing not good to be triggered and reactivated but at the point of recording this, you know, we have the Roe versus Wade yes, leak in yes, these pieces. So yes. it's similar, you know, those who identify as female, but it's not a female issue. You know, we're a very young country at the yeah. point of our Pluto return. So yeah. again, to reference, you know, the astrology of it, we a hot mess in the yeah. middle of a reckoning, Yeah, you know, built on racism, misogyny, toxic masculinity, patriarchal pieces. And the breakdown is for the breakthrough, right? Like we can get one more right. <laughs> good like cliche right. in there. Right. We're right. in breakdown right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we deeply, and you know, that can be so overwhelming just as a human. If you're, if you identify uh, in one of these containers you know, it's even more overwhelming and heavy and that we can all be very like in fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Yeah. 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 And go, what do we do? And the, you just said it, you know, we just keep doing our own work. We just keep showing up. We just yeah. keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we are in this moment of restructuring mm -hmm. that again, on this like macro level, you know, personally, when things get real messy in your personal life, you're like, Ooh, we're healing. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And there's yeah. no way out, but through. Yes. So 
you know, continually showing grace and showing up to share and not to return to hiding and shame and self-judgment Right. to, to right. drag it out, make that phone call, share the story, be brave and show up with a stranger on their podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stranger-ish, not so Ish, much. no, not entirely. Well, like on a, on a soul level, I feel, you know, maybe I, there's not, there's something not strange. Or, I, I totally think we're soul family. The feeling yeah. that I got when I opened your book, it, it really, there have been few moments like that in my life where I was like, oh, okay, this is something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Because it, it's just powerful and important and very connected. And, um, I have so many things. I mean, I'm just so in love with the book yeah. because as a personal share, reading through the book there, you know, again, we're all always doing work at different levels and different phases. And when you're like, which wound, which trauma. And I do feel like as a culture, we're all being so activated that it's like in the astrology that I'm bringing through for, you know, our community, it's like everything all at once. It really is that right now. And gosh, if we could find a, you know, a, a stop button, there just isn't one. There just isn't right now. So we have to create pauses, Right. Right. And then hop back into humaning, like as we feel capable of doing, but it, it is like really brewing the everything all at once, the outside and the inside and the outside is triggering the inside. And then it's like, what do we do? Well, we heal yeah. the inside because it's the yeah. only thing we actually have any control or say over. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that brave authenticity that you demonstrate to keep going back to doing the work, to, to take it to that deeper level, to be of service yeah. is just so great because reading the book too, I realized, right. So I, the email I sent you was like, totally read the book, love the book. I have, I'm raising two, you know, children who identify as male in this lifetime. Others don't identify them fully that way. And mm-hmm. as a bi female you know, our little household looks kind of nuclear and, and heteronormative and cisgender normative. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's super queer up in here. We just yeah. don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I had this, like, it was the, that moment of like, oh, oh, we're not proactively having some conversations because the assumption is this is just our house, right? right. Like my right. partner knows who I am. I know who he is. We know who, right. like our cycle of things. Yeah, yeah. But I just found that also like this moment of like, oh, we all think we so woke and we raising children or if we're not having the conversation, they don't know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. Cause, and that's so insightful because that's really, and the only reason I was able to offer that is because that was my own experience as well, you know? for the listeners out there who are unfamiliar, but really the impetus, the impetus of the book was my nephew had asked me a question and I, I've been an LGBTQ advocate his entire life. I, I, in fact, I moved out to Los Angeles to work for a national LGBTQ organization. And I didn't write about, I didn't write this in the book, but I was in Arizona visiting, giving a workshop at an LGBTQ conference, the Arizona Equality and Justice Conference. And so that my nephew asked me that question, I realized like, oh, you know, why does he think that? Why did he ask that question? You know, children, they ask, I love their questions because I always think about what's behind the question and what's informing the question is the curiosity. And, and so for me, like hearing you talk about, you know, proactively, and that's really the hope is that we can proactively have these conversations um, to prevent all of the things that we're kind of talking about that we're, that we're, that I'm healing from. Yes. So the, the idea is that if I can help facilitate conversations in families, that it will prevent some of the things that I've, you know, myself moved through. Yeah. I really was a, it was a, it was a great light bulb, constructive, very loving wake up moment in our household. And it's yeah. like, so in some ways, you know, for us, I feel like, well, that's easily solvable. Let's just have a conversation now. You know, like we just yeah, start sure. now, like we're just sure. going to start talking yeah. about it more, yeah. there you, you go. know, yeah. that it was just, again, we, I feel like sometimes because you're, you're talking about how, you know, your caseload and your clients, these ages from, you know, 20 to, I think you said 60, it might've been more yep. than that, but like the spectrum of 
we're still carrying around these messages yeah. from the playground. Yeah. And as one in each individual, we are healing from it, but we do still need more discussion, right? Like visibility, yes, but discussion. And how are we teaching next generations? We do lead by example, but this circles full circle back to, right? The benign neglect of silence. Yes. Silence is compliance. Right, right. Even in these places where we're like, I didn't realize I was being compliant because I just didn't say anything. And so one of the notes that I had overall that I'm like, oh, hey, good. There's a good moment for it today of, you yeah, know, yeah. why do we do healing work? Why do we do empowerment work? Why do we do personal growth work? And, you know, it's like, what's the point yeah. well, for me? Cause I'll just answer for myself. And then you can answer too, you know, that it's like, it's, then we can feel confident to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, as humans, that communication factor, and in an age of all this information, and there's so much, I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see me, <laughs> you know, communication we're actually not, you know, we're flinging sound bites at each other. Yeah. We're not really communicating. And we're, right. you know, I, I notice, you know, younger generations, and you're definitely going to have insight on this, but as a parent, I notice actually there's less vocalization because they feel like, you know, 20 people on Instagram are going to come after them if there's a disagreement. And so in some ways there's less communication. Mm, mm. Because they don't want to take the shade for it. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, and thank you for sharing that, because that's a really, like, specific, insightful example of what can contribute to the, the holding stuff within. And that, that, going kind of back to the full circle, is we teach through our demonstration. And so if I can teach how to have conversations, if I can be curious with my nieces and nephews, if I can be curious with my clients, my, the, the, the young people that I work with uh, teaching social emotional learning, like if, if I can model that, demonstrate that from a genuine authentic place, then, then I'm not telling them, you know, Course in Miracles kind of, you know, to go back, I love Course in Miracles, yeah. but it says, don't, don't tell someone what not to do, tell them what to do. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, if I get, if I'm curious, if I'm able to have conversations, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm showing them, I'm demonstrating them. I'm giving them permission. Yeah. Um, and that, that requires the work on my part, kind of to your point of developing that, you know, the more I can speak it, you know, whatever's mentionable is manageable. Yeah. And if I, get, I could, if I could get that out and if I could talk about it, then I'm able to develop that sense of security and it's work it's work for me it's work it's 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 you know it's it's one thing to write in my own experience you know it's one thing to write a book um but it's another level of of of, of healing to be able to share and speak about the specific things um i had always heard that people the author writes the book for themselves first i i've always heard that and that was very true i had always believe that to be from the perspective of content like the content of the mm. book was written for the person which is true mm. the process the process was also for me first because i've had to be more visible i've had to 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 show up more in ways i've had to um learn to let go to trust to have faith you know, a book is like a baby, a message is like a baby, creativity is like a baby. And when you birth something into the world, you want it to, to be loved and you want it to do well. And, and there comes a certain point as a parent, I'm sure you can relate, is that you realize like, okay, this person's life is their own. Like I, I can only do so much to facilitate. And then I kind of have to step back and allow them to, to grow and learn and experience. Totally. I mean, and that is a process. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, the creative process, anything, just like you said, anything we birth our creative endeavors, our works, 
literal children, right? Here we go with the fifth house of astrology. (laughs) It's like, what are our legacies in this lifetime? What are we producing? What are we putting out there? Mm -hmm. And it is, it's heartbreaking, you know, like the moment, because I, I have also written a book and the moment you finish it, it's no longer yours, right? Like the moment and the moment, you know, a child takes their first breath in this incarnation, they're not only yours, you know, Mm. and it's, it is, there's this heartbreaking moment in these things of creation where you're like, Oh, they're going to have their own. Oh, this book is going to take on a whole life of its own. Right. 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 This person, I kind of have to just let that, let that be let go. And then that reflection too, that we're always healing our inner child, right? Like, so we sometimes have to let go of ourselves of, again, the, the personifications, the projections, well, we've been told who we are, what, you know, what we can do, where, how much space we can take up. Right. 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 And man, letting go of those things is also terrifying because the known is safety to a human. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I I love the word you use. I think you said humany. Yeah. Yeah, I use I it a that. lot. <laughs> I love, I love, I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind. Like, I love that. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I have to human today. I have to be, I have to, it's, this is humaning. <laughs> this is, I use it all the time because I yeah. perhaps over identify with my Pisces moon, like the intuitive, the empath in, yeah. in healer in me and the psychic in me. I feel like I can hear everybody's everything, feel everybody's everything. And I'm like, humaning takes a lot for me. Yes. Like, yeah. I want to skip you know, as much as I have a, a dialogue and a podcast now, this is a, a step forward in humaning yeah, for me, yeah. right? Like this much contact sure, yeah, and energetic exchange mm-hmm. that I do. I use that word a ton because I feel like it takes a lot for me to human. And yeah. that's one of the ways that I show up right to help. It's like, look y'all if really if I can keep doing it so can you you know we just we may need some other tools and some other tactics and some big old timeouts but I love that you love it please share please take it because I think humaning's really hard yeah yeah it is and I, I for me that what I'm hearing is like for me before I learned, before I heard the term humaning, and I'm going to use that, is like, I'm an in, uh, introverted extrovert. So totally like the work, you know, being out here, and I love it. And I'm also very like, enjoy my solitude and spirit and, you know, meditation, I can read and just like that. So I totally, yeah, it takes a lot to human. It does. <laughs> totally does oh my goodness well on that note I want to say thank you Chris for sharing your time and your magic in this episode will you please share where our listeners can find you and your offerings after this episode? yeah yeah thank you Tandy so much it's been such a joy to to be here with you today and they, my website is a road trip to love.com, all one word, a road trip to love.com. And then on social media is same Instagram, um, Facebook and Twitter, uh, a road trip to love. Yeah. And great. then my book can be found at bookstores, bookshop.org is a great place. Cause that shows a lot of all the independent bookstores. Um, it's also available wherever books are sold. So raising LGBTQ allies. I love this. And I will have all of the links below in our show notes so that listeners can easily come find you. I cannot stress or advise or offer or encourage listeners if they haven't already to read your book, because I just think it's such good humaning. I just Mm. think it's good humaning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you, my dear magic makers for listening. I love you. And I hope your magic spark found you loudly in this episode. Now it's time, if you haven't already, to hit the subscribe button so you never miss this magic. If this episode has you thinking of someone else who needs this spark, share it. 
And if it resonates with you to rate and review the podcast, I would be ever so grateful. The more ratings and reviews the show has, the easier it is for other seeking souls to find their healing home base. It's a super simple way for you to support someone else's healing. If you have topics you'd like to hear me cover or guests you'd like to hear on the show, or hey, you just want to say hi, DM me on Instagram at Tandy underscore Gutierrez, and make sure to check out all of my offerings at unicornwellnessstudio.com. Links are below in the show notes. I love you so very much. And remember, healing is for you. And it all starts with just that.